Happy Holidays from the DSR Network. We are deeply appreciative of our members and the year that we've had. To celebrate the holiday season, we are offering a 50% discount on either your first month or first year of membership. Members enjoy an ad-free listening experience, bonus content for virtually all of our shows, an invitation to the members-only Slack community, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of December, you can take 50% off the membership price for the first month or for the first year. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code DSRHOLIDAY at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code DSRHOLIDAY. Thank you very much for your support. Good morning and welcome to DSR Daily. I'm one of your hosts, David Rothkopf, joined by your other host, Chris Cottonware. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, thank you. Excellent. And Riley Fessler. How are you doing, Riley? Doing well. Excellent. Riley, your parents coming for Christmas. Are you all ready? Are you going to take good Yeah, they're there. They came in last night, so we, we're going to celebrate in style in D.C. Wow. That sounds great. Are you going to take them out, see the sights, have a... Show them the Christmas tree. Uh, yeah, kind of yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do the typical Christmas tourist stuff in DC, which is basically the trees, and that's about it. Well, but, that's, yeah, that's it'll be nice. Fun. Drive around the neighborhoods. There's a lot of twinkling lights. What are you doing, Chris, for Christmas? We're staying home. Nice. Yeah. So we have you dinner, like little- and we're seeing the Nutcracker, bunch of stuff like that but home 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 are you are you do you put like little antlers on your dog no no No, i don't think they would allow that you don't humiliate the animals like many families do um okay yeah my dog is gonna have a bad christmas because he went to the doctor yesterday and the doctor he weighed 103 pounds and the doctor was like you gotta lose weight and so he like body shamed the dog and now the dog is going through a big emotional trauma and uh he's not gonna he's not gonna benefit from you know those big holiday tables full of goodies sad. Uh, that's too bad it really is sad what's your first story chris president joe biden is set to sign an executive order uh sanctioning russia um, designed to address the circumvention of additional sanctions that have been placed on Russia since the beginning of the Ukraine war. Um, despite sanctions to this point, Russia's economy uh, has not experienced uh, a significant decline with their GDP expected to grow a little more than 3% this year. Um, and while there are challenges on the horizon, the hope is these additional sanctions uh, will help, um, you know, address the loopholes that Russia has taken advantage of, including selling oil to countries like China, India, and Turkey. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, as Jeff Sonnenfeld and others have noted, um, uh, we have to be a little bit skeptical about some of the Russian economic reporting. And I think there's a general sense that the sanctions have hit harder than the Russians uh, would like to acknowledge. Uh, but certainly hitting them harder and harder makes a great deal of sense. 
and I have to say, I'm all for you know David Cameron's suggestion that we seize Russian assets and use it to pay for rebuilding or rearming Ukraine. Uh, they started this. They have behaved in a bestial fashion, um, and they deserve to uh, pay the price, and uh, indeed for some time to come. Riley? Well, there was a tragedy in Prague yesterday, uh, the worst mass shooting in the country's history at a uh, university in capital, uh, killed at least 14 people and injured 25, although authorities have said they are expecting that number to rise. Um, no motive yet. It occurred in the philosophy department building where the shooter was a student. Um, we don't know who the shooter was yet. Um, although so far they have revealed that he was suspected of killing his father earlier in the day. Um, and then also they searched his home and, uh, discovered evidence that he had was involved in another killing on December 15th of a man and his two month old daughter. Um, so this wasn't like a, he just snapped one day. I mean, clearly there was a pattern for at least a couple weeks. Um, but again, we don't really know why he did this yet, but the government has declared a national day of mourning. And it's just interesting or tragic to see this happen, you know, in other countries besides the United States. I feel like we've almost become numb to this here. Um, but obviously it's more of a rarity around the world. Yeah, watch what happens in the wake of it. Most countries, when they go through this, these are one-offs, but most countries, they change their gun laws. They take big steps to fix things, whether it's the UK or New Zealand or other countries that have been through this. Um, and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens in the Czech Republic. But having said that, it won't happen here because we have two mass shootings a day and because one entire political party is owned by the gun lobby. Uh, the the NRA. Uh, so um, we see it and we weep, and it's also very sad that this happens over the holiday season. But it's always sad um, when people do this sort of thing. And at the end of the day, you know, it is what has led to my general belief that uh, I don't really see any reason why people in a civilized society ought to have guns, except for the police, the military. Uh, Okay, Chris. The UN is scheduled to vote on humanitarian aid in Gaza today um, with backing from the United States, uh, despite the fact that the final text of the bill um, does not include it, the immediate cessation of uh, hostilities in Gaza, um, but nonetheless an important step uh, to address what is becoming, uh, with more than 20,000 people who have died in this conflict, um, in, you know, vital, uh, for the, uh, Palestinians and their survival. Um, you know, that said, uh, yes, humanitarian aid is helpful, but it's not very helpful when Israel continues to just bombard, uh, Gaza and there's, you know, some other stories that people can check out around, um, you know, Israel ordering Palestinians to go to one part of the country and then uh, ultimately bombing, um, you know, those areas with powerful weapons. Um, so anyway, a, a good step. Uh, the U.S. Re reluctantly backs it, um, but more needs to be done. 
Yeah, no question. Uh, the total, the death toll total in uh, Gaza is now acknowledged to have passed 20,000, 50,000 uh, people injured. 20,000 is 1% of the population of Gaza, 1% of the population of the U.S. It would be 3.6 million people. I mean, I think we need to put that in perspective in terms of this place. But, you know, for the people of Gaza, the consequences are not just that. You know, it's not just that 60 some odd percent of the people of Gaza know someone who has been killed or injured uh, or are related to someone who's been killed or injured. It's that essentially the entire place has been laid waste to, you know, that over 100,000 buildings have been destroyed or damaged. Um, uh, that's the majority of the uh, building stock in the, in the country. Uh, as you note, uh, the, the, this idea that people should move to some place and then that place be bombed has happened over and over and over again. Um, and, uh, the efforts to create a temporary ceasefire, um, seem to have faltered over the course of the past, uh, day, uh, bad for the hostages, uh, bad for the people of Gaza. Um, and, uh, you know, perhaps, perhaps over the holidays that, you know, that'll, it'll, you know, there'll be a momentary respite, but right now it doesn't look that way. Um, I did note in my article yesterday, which I mentioned on the podcast and came from a lot of talking to many senior people in the U S government, um, very senior people that, um, you know, that these uh, facts have caused great tensions between the United States and uh, Israel and I was noted note, noted that uh, you know a dozen hours or a day after my article came out, uh, the Washington Post came out with a lead story that said essentially the exact same thing. Um, the the U.S. Israel relationship is in a very thorny um, place. I would note one other thing. I was on a, a, a thread with a couple of folks, including Alon Pincus, on the uh, uh, Twitter uh, recently, in which we were talking about. The reaction of the younger generation, and and Alan Pincus made the point that people need to take seriously these polls that show there's a generational gap in how Americans view Israel, and that the younger generation, Gen Z and sort of under thirties, um, tend to view Israel uh, more as a bully and more negatively, whereas older generations had a different view. This has been going on a long time. Uh, this has been going on since uh, the eighties when. Uh, you know, uh, Israel went into camps in Lebanon and oversaw massacres. Uh, and the image of Israel, which was once of a kind of a David versus the regional Goliath that was making the desert turn green and was winning heroic victories, started to change. Change for a whole generation, not just of younger people. That When those massacres occurred, Barack Obama was just coming out of college. And so, the, you know, the, the, gradually that shift has taken place. At the same time, after the Cold War and after the War on Terror, Israel became less strategically important to the U.S. And at the same time, then for the past 25 years, Bibi Netanyahu has been in there leading bad policies towards Palestinians, driving Israel towards being an apartheid state, uh, bad policies in the West Bank, bad policies in Gaza. So I do not see the views of Gen Z as aberration. I see the views of Gen Z as a signal of things to come in a changing relationship. Right. Well, bad news uh, from North Korea. Uh, the IAEA and independent experts uh, believe that their new 
reactor is online um, in a statement by the director, Rafael Grossi, who we were lucky enough to have on our Friday show. We're all going to die radio um, a couple weeks ago. I encourage everyone to go check that episode out. He talks about these kind of issues there, but this new reactor um, is believed to produce plutonium at a rate four to five times faster than their previous plant. Uh, and both will continue operation. So this represents uh, a huge jump in capacity for North Korea to produce plutonium for their nuclear weapons. We don't know a whole lot about it simply because they're not allowed in the country. So all this information is coming from kind of satellite imagery and other other sources that are indirect. But again, huge issue, um, not a great development for regional stability to be sure. Um, especially given that Kim Jong-un is pretty consistently saber-rattling on the country's willingness to launch a nuclear attack. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly uh, uh, worrisome. Uh, Kim Jong-un is not going to launch a nuclear attack anytime soon. But I would say the following. If you're one of those people that thinks the U.S. should just cut off relations with China, you got to ask yourself, how does that harm our national interests in the U.S.? China is one of the principal points of influence we have over the North Korean government. Uh, they are, uh, you know, not, you know, uh, completely constraining them, as this story shows. Um, but you know, our only leverage over them is force, and China has other kinds of levers. Uh, and it's another of the reasons why, as difficult as the U.S.-China relationship may be, we need uh, to cultivate it. Chris? Um, final story is a little fun. Uh, so we've reported in the past that the the battle between Android and iPhones in terms of messaging, uh, where you know, you know <laughs> People who have Android phones by the green bubbles versus the blue bubbles that appear when you are texting your family and friends. Well, um, an app developer created an Android app called Beeper Mini, which brought the blue bubbles to Android phones for people uh, or from people who were texting from iPhones. Um, Apple found this to be an unacceptable uh solution. And so they changed the architecture in iMessage and Beeper responded by addressing the issue. And Apple once again responded. Um, and this back and forth uh, continues, although I literally just read an article that said, you know, if Apple responds one more time, the beeper folk are probably out. But interestingly, the Department of Justice has taken notice of this specific situation in terms of uh, antitrust. Apple has 50% share in the United States um, of messaging platforms, which I found to be quite surprising, to be honest, that so many people are using iMessage instead of alternatives. Um, but in any case, uh, yeah, I am all for... Uh, security on devices and locking down um, technologies when necessary, but this seems like a blatant, uh, you know, overt way of keeping people from having the little blue bubbles on their phone. So let's see how this saga plays out. 
Wow, this is a, a real Chris story, and uh, I saw Riley reacting to it since you put him in the Android ghetto. You know, you just don't even like associating with people who have Android phones. Um, and uh, uh, having said that, you know, this is another example of the uh, power that big tech companies have in our society, uh, controlling vast portions of marketplaces. Um, and you know, in a normal time, you would think there would be more antitrust steps taken because that could be popular. Um, but it won't be taken next year because these people are big political donors and nobody's going to go want to go and undermine their ability to uh, raise money in an election year. So we'll have to wait a few years down the road before we see whether the United States wants to prolong this era of uh, robber barons 2.0. Uh, you know the, the 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 21st century equivalent of what we saw early in the 20th century, uh, with a few big companies really dominating not only our economy but our political and social discourse as well. Now I know Riley is the best story of the day because I've seen the list of the stories, and as good as your blue green dot stories always are, Chris. And I know people hang on and mainly tune in just to see how this is going. What's your story, Riley? Well, I couldn't usher us into the holiday season with another grim story, so I wanted to cover the apparently the hottest gift of the year, which is miniature cows. Um, so this trend, uh, as with so many uh, in my generation, is fueled by, by TikTok uh, of people showing off their miniature cows. Um, they are they stand under thirty six inches or up to forty two inches at full maturity. Um, these are real. Cute. These are these live. Are, these are real. These are live animals. Um, part of their appeal is that people just think they act kind of like dogs. They're playful and, and cute and affectionate. But David, I know what you're thinking. And as much as you'd love to give Chris and I each our own miniature cow, they range in Same. price from 8,000 to $20,000. So I don't know if we can fit that into the DSR holiday budget this year, unfortunately. You know, it's it's worth it at any price. The idea of Chris <laughs> going out each morning into his backyard and having a herd of tiny cattle wandering around his backyard and in and out of his house, I I just would pay any amount. That could be a, a you know we could set up a, a Chris cam and oh, people God, would pay to watch um, this reluctant farmer. And and I think the couple of them would do great in your apartment. Uh, part of the the part of this, I think, this trend is traceable directly to Arnold Schwarzenegger because he's got that miniature donkey walking around in his house that appears in all of his videos, and the donkey is just adorable, and he like kisses it and hugs it and it nuzzles up and it it just wanders around the house. I mean, I wonder where he poops in the house. I I really have to ask that question, but. But this idea of these big miniature, big miniature, this big trend in miniature animals um, uh, uh, certainly has captured people's imaginations. My only concern is that, you know, these are real animals that have various needs. The cows need to be outside. People don't think these things through. They think it's a cute present like a puppy. And then... The next thing you know, the puppy is like my dog, and it's a hundred pounds, and it's eaten too much, and 
you're worried about body shaming your dog. And it's, you know, we go through these things. Uh, and remember, uh, Chris will remember this, Riley, you're too young. The craze a while back for Vietnamese pot-bellied pigs. And people would get these Vietnamese pot-bellied pigs and they were very cute. And then they would grow to be <laughs> giant hogs that were walking through their homes. And uh, there was nothing they could do with them. They could kill them for the food, just like these little cows. And make tiny spare ribs? Yeah, make that little... Is the most- little- Little, I, I don't think we should give Chris uh, many cows after that uh, statement. That is <laughs> the most horrible. I mean, are this the, is, is this how we story. is this how we farm veal with mini cows? Isn't it? Oh isn't it that how we do this? Oh no, God. Chris. These are actual. Is, no, this was a lovely story. Chris went to. You're telling me town. that this cow that just happens to be mini, you can't eat the meat from. Well, you you could. But why would you kill such an innocent and cute creature? The point you're, is you're, they're cute, Chris. <laughs> you're a real Grinch, Chris. You really are. <laughs> Your heart has just shrunk three times its size this day. And that is so right, Chris. Two I can't believe that your first reaction is mini sparrows. That's <laughs> disgusting. I bet um, they're delicious, I, too. Oh, Homegrown <laughs> sparrows. <laughs> Oh my. Fresh oh out my of the shed. Come on, oh little my. cow. Oh my. Oh <laughs> my I was in a spit take. Oh my God. Well, here we are on the verge of the holidays. Chris is saying this. And it just almost like perfect timing. My dog has just walked into my office <laughs> and started to vomit. So, oh God. <laughs> I love that, man. Well, it's fantastic to have an animal in your house. Anyway, I sure hope everybody has a happy holiday. We'll miss doing this each day of next week, but we'll be back on January 2nd or whatever is the beginning of the new year. Uh, all our podcasts will be back next week. Riley and Chris have gone through the archives and picked some of the very best podcasts of our recent past that you won't want to miss. So there's going to be plenty that you should listen to next week. Um, but uh, brand new stuff starting next year, including, as we mentioned, at our event with Jake Sullivan, we'll start doing a podcast next year with the New Republic. It's going to be added to our list, so there'll be yet another good one. Uh, and uh, we'll, uh, our, new, our, our climate podcast, which was such a success, is going to morph into something new. And there's a few more things up our sleeve. So there's a lot to look forward to. But in the meantime, um, Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody else. Uh, Happy New Year. If we don't talk to you before, of course, something big happens next week. We'll be back. Um, and uh, most importantly, uh, happy holidays to you, Chris, you monster, and Riley. Happy holidays, everyone. Oh, jeez. Bye, folks. <laughs>